Yesterday I did record a uh, a one percent or less with him, but for some reason I was having technical difficulties. Um, all I was able to hear was the intro and outro, and nothing in between. Excuse me, sorry about that. Again, um, I'm doing this off my phone, so the audio recording might sound a little uh, a little. Uh, not so clear, um, might sound, you know, less, you know, just doesn't have as good a quality because I'm not behind my studio mic. However, uh, I didn't want to allow yesterday to go through as not having something in for a Bible reading because, again, we do need to make sure we get the Word of God in us each day. So we're just going to dive right into it real quick because um, it's just, it's very important. So we're going to read chapter 26. And it reads, like snow in summer, like rain in harvest, honor for a fool is out of place, like the sparrow in its flighting, like the swallow in its flight. A curse uncalled for never lands. The whip for the horse, the bridle for the ass, and the rod for the back of fools. Do not answer fools according to their folly, lest you too become like them. Answer a fool according to their folly, lest they become wise in their own eyes. Those who send messages by a fool cut off their feet. They drink down violence. A proverb in the mouth of a fool hangs limp like crippled legs. Giving honor to a fool is like entangling a stone in the sling. A thorn stuck in the hand of a drunkard is a proverb in the mouth of fools. An archer wounding all who pass by is anyone who hires a drunken fool. A dog return to their vomit, so fools repent, repeat their folly. You see those who are wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for fools than of, for them. The sluggard says there is a lion in the street, a lion in the middle of the square. The door turns on its hinges and sluggards on their beds. The sluggard buries, buries a hand in the dish, too wary to lift it to the mouth. In their own eyes, sluggards are wiser than seven who answer with good judgment. Whoever meddles in the quarrel of another is one who grabs a passing dog by the ears. Like a crazed archer scattering firebrands and deadly arrows, such are those who deceive their neighbor. And then they say, I was only joking. Without wood, the fire dies out. Without a tailbearer, strife subsides. Charcoal for coals, wood for fire. Such are the quarrelsome and kindling strife. The words of a tailbearer are like dainty morsels. They sink into one's inmost being. Like a glazed finish on earthenware are smooth lips and a wicked heart. With their lips, enemies pretend, but inwardly, they maintain deceit. When they speak graciously, do not trust them, for seven abominations are in their hearts. Hatred can be concealed by pretense, but malice will be revealed in the assembly. Whoever digs a pit falls into it, and a stone comes back upon the one who rolls it. The lying tongue in its owner's enemy is its owner's enemy, and the flattering mouth works ruin. And that concludes the reading of chapter 26 now a couple quick things um i did have some notes here let's see if i can pull them up on my phone and again i do apologize for the fact that um my recording did not go through yesterday um so here it is right here so a couple things that i notated 
In verse 17, whoever meddles in the quarrel of another is one who grabs um, a passing dog by the ears. Now, it goes without saying that if you insert yourself in anybody's business, especially when it involves issues and problems among those and others, chances are pretty good that your involvement could possibly do more, could do more harm than any kind of good. And and, and particularly also towards you. Now, our job is not to play the referee in the arguments and the quarrels of others, especially when it, when it's between two people that you know. If there is a personal relationship between both parties, each party is going to expect you to take their side and see their side for what it, you know, for what it is, which is their version of the truth. And just like the proverb says, doing so is like grabbing a passing dog by the ears. The dog was fine until you interrupted its passing by hurting it and grabbing it by the ears. Probably why teachers, you know, when kids get in trouble, they grab them by the ears. It doesn't feel good. It hurts. But more than likely, you'll be bitten. If you would have just let that dog just pass by as it was intended, you would not have been bitten. What's my point? The point is, stay out of the business of others. The question you need to ask yourself is, is my own business in order and in line the way it needs to be? Most likely it's not because we all have unfinished business. We all have matters and affairs we need to tend to. You know, including myself, I don't exempt myself on that. We all need to tend to our own affairs and not be so focused on the affairs of others. Now, the only affair that I will, you know, that I will concern myself with is the affairs of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God, and that is to expand His kingdom. That's it. My job is not to fix people's problems. My job is to help people, you know, get closer to Christ. Now, verse twenty-two: the words of a talebearer are like dainty morsels; they sink into one's inmost being. Now, as usual, I will beat this drum until I take my last dying breath. And I've always said, words carry a never-ending reverberating effect they continue on when you utter them it continues after words are uttered and will always continue to beat that drum now much like a dainty morsel entering in the pit of someone's stomach words both good and bad have a power to sink into the depths of a person's inmost being just like the proverb states it sinks into the mind the soul and the heart and beyond and as it always has been said you cannot unring a bell now, when someone hears words spoken to them, whether positive or negative, and depending on the context of the situation, those words can and will stay in their mind and in their heart for life, depending on the impact of those words and depending on the moment that you both are in. Very important. Remember that. Now, verse 27, whoever digs a pit falls into it and a stone comes back upon the one who rolls it. As they say, what comes around goes around and comes back around again, right? We often hear that saying, like, give them enough rope and they'll hang themselves with it. Or they're just digging themselves deeper in a hole. They, they made their bed, now they can lie in it. And sayings like that. And it's certainly clear that when I read this verse, that whoever digs a pit will fall into it, just as it sits. Now, the one who devises mischief against others will certainly have that mischief come back upon them. You know, the illusion is that, you know, the digging of a pit for catching wild beasts, which are basically slightly covered with earth and sticks and leaves, which sometimes the pursuers, through inadvertency, fall into a pit themselves. And as for the stone coming back upon the one who rolls it, that stone in which is rolled up, if not taken care of, will roll back and fall with great force upon himself or herself. 
So the mischief which a wicked man labors hard as men do in digging a pit or rolling a stone in time will roll back on themselves. The measures they mete out to others is measures that are brought back to them. Much like the fabric of, uh, or the fable of, um, and I think it's, I think his name is Sisyphus. Forgive me if I'm mispronouncing that, but, you know, where he was damned to hell, and part of his uh, hell was to roll that great stone to the top of a mountain, which then would fall back down on his head, which basically would make his labor fruitless. There would be no point. Now, I haven't told the story to anyone, but I will share this in a uh, actual His Hardline discussion in, in the uh, in the future. Not, you know, I'm not going to discuss this on a 1% or less with him. But, you know, my late stepfather committed suicide and he wrote a suicide note and it was three pages. And he made reference to uh, Sisyphus saying that that's what he felt like his life has come down to was rolling that stone up to the top of the hill and rolling back down on him. Everything that he was doing, he felt like was in vain and was fruitless. Very sad, as a matter of fact. We'll discuss that in a later time. In verse 28, the lying tongue is its owner's enemy and the flattering mouth works ruin. I mean, that goes kind of without saying. I mean, that's... What can I really say about that? You know, question central to the philosophical discussion of lying to others and other deception especially with interpersonal deceiving. This may be divided into two kinds. Now, questions of the first kind are definitional or conceptual. They include the questions of lying to be defined as, well, how is deceiving to be defined and whether lying is always a form of deceiving. Now, questions of the second kind are normative, more particularly moral. They include the questions of whether lying and deceiving are either defeasibly or non-defeasibly morally wrong. Now, whether lying is morally worse than deceiving, and whether if lying and deception are defeasibly morally wrong, they are merely morally optional in certain on certain occasions, or are sometimes morally obligatory. Now, again, back to the relevance of words and its implications in life. Now, with the lying tongue, no matter how it's defined, it can and will often come back to bite you like a snake in the end. People who are always lying end up getting caught up in their own lies. doesn't matter what the intentions of the lie, but at the end of the day, a lie is a lie, and it always ends up coming back on you. Now, words of flattery are much the same. Now, when words are spoken by those who are shallow, fake, fraudulent, and cunning, you know, those words have no solid base or foundation because they are just weak words spoken by a man or woman of no morals or values, and they have no character or integrity. People who speak words like that and let them fly out just for the sake of, you know, gaining something or benefiting themselves are very destructive. These are people with hidden agendas, and when there are hidden agendas behind these people's flattery, those words mean absolutely nothing. It's much like an empty apology we've all probably heard at some point in our life when someone does you wrong. When someone comes up to apologize, you know and you can feel it when it's a heartfelt and true, truly deeply sincere apology. And then you also can tell when it's bullcrap. This is exactly what we're talking about here. So anyway, I conclude all this um, in this 1% or less with him. And again, I apologize for the, uh, the sound quality on this. I'm doing this on my phone, not with my studio mic. But I did not want to let yesterday's 1% or less go without having a recording 
Again, I feel it's very important to have God's word into it. And even if I had to do this show twice, so be it. It's important enough to me to do this for God because this is what I was called to do. I will be back with, um, you know, with another show tonight after I'm done with work in the studio. I will make sure I will have my equipment situated the way it needs to be. I think I figured out why it didn't record. And I will sign off. I hope you all have a blessed day and a wonderful Sunday. God bless.